Welcome back to the critically acclaimed The Michael Anthony Show, the newspaper appearing The Michael Anthony Show. The Michael Anthony Show that maybe once every six guests provides you with a top-level footballer and then occasionally throws in a Hollywood actor just for the crack. And still as people who've been listening to this show from the very beginning, not rating it, not being arsed, taking out their phones and moving their thumb around the screen for around six seconds in order to let us know how they feel. What are you doing? What strange behaviour that is. The sinking sand of despair The smell of dread in the air I'm head to toe in my own fear I'm going to die and I need to cry And I don't actually think that it makes a difference to anything got to do with the show itself, but clearly due to a lack of love in other areas of my life, not excluding self-love, I need some sort of praise from strangers via a written paragraph or the attributing of five gold stars like some sort of six-year-old with a learning difficulty. There's still no excuse for the smell of Little Harry, though, is there? unusually good-looking and in-shape mother from an era that predates her knowledge of health and fitness who quite clearly spends mothering time in the gym trying to ride the Slovakian personal trainer because she cannot forgive her husband for plonking her with this little lice-ridden bastard and join the queue. By the way, every single mother in this weight room has the same ambition. Has nobody told you, fuckbags, that Igor is gay? He's brought up Stephen Gately at least 16 times. Yes, but... He was the life and soul of the band, but can you move on? And what have you heard about the George anyway, mate? A famed Dublin gay bar for non-Irish listeners. The rumours that must be flying around the continent with the fucking George. It's not that gay. It's just a series of straight women uninvitedly polluting the ones rampant, and may I add, no holds barred Dublin homosexual community to block out inner questions of why they can't get into a relationship. They enjoy being around men who have no interest in physically judging them, so they sit in the gay bar and stare at men dancing on tables, still becoming aroused, by the way. And it acts as a, a safe zone. One or two more Jaeger bombs, they start believing they could change one of these mad bastards, but they're wrong. And we'll learn that when Quinton analyzes them and tears apart their soul to an extent that a straight man can only dream of getting away with. And actually, fuck that, that's inaccurate, Quinton. These guys rarely have the exotic names that we give them in order to protect ourselves from how much they threaten us. Let's call him Brian. That is the case, though, with you straight white monsters. A gay man joins your gathering, and you're all cool with it once you have who he is solidified immediately into your brain without knowing him. Oh, what's crack? What's up, Julian? So do you think Cardi should have got with Big, or do you think that she truly loved Aiden? Uh, Sorry, pal. It's Keith, and I'm a literal builder. My favourite drink is Club Energizer. I'm on a weekly five-a-side team. Two of my teammates wear knee braces, and there's one guy who claims to support a once-obscure Premier League team such as Hull or Stoke or Blackpool. And he wears their jersey every game, and we let him away with it as he lacks other personality traits. If you were to say to me we're not here to take part, I would immediately shout back at you, we're here to take over. I'm aware that Harchester United may have ruled Europe if Luke Davenport didn't lose a fucking eye, and don't think for a second... 
I'm not aware that D-Generation X changed sports entertainment as we know it. I haven't been to Subway without getting Southwest sauce once. I previously owned a t-shirt with Ozaka 6 on it. So sorry, bud. I don't have an opinion on Carrie fucking Bradshaw's narcissism. Yeah, sorry, man. I shouldn't have stereotyped. Yeah, you shouldn't. You straight white animal. And all jokes aside, here is a tip for all you straight white fuckers out there. Because you don't seem to be getting the memo. Kill yourselves. We don't want you here. What more do we have to do? We framed you, taken your words out of context, called you Nazi for not pluralizing singular things, blamed you for the actions of anybody who shares your skin color, regardless of whether or not they're thousands of miles away and have no links to your brain, life, or ancestors. And we're not going to make it any easier. In fact, meet the 40-year-old toddler. Oh, what's up, bud? I need the shit. Oh, work away, brother. Jack's running inside. You need to go with me. What's he on about? Why does he have two half-chew Lego men in his hand? Why wouldn't he? He's four. He's 42. I think he might have actually went out with my mate's sister in the 90s. Are you sure that wasn't this prick? I'm 35. Well, that's just... Well, that's a full-blown child. That's a literal... Chucky Finstar. Have you paid that council tax yet, you robin cunt? I'm 35. Hold on, you... You're claiming these people are different ages to what they are and have a baby in a Massimo Dewey suit. So you're deciding what age other people are now? No, but the... The board sorts. You Joseph Goebbels cunt. Evil white fucker. Human beings aren't assigned birthdays at birth, especially by people like you. It's people like me who tell them what gender, mental health state, sexuality, opinions, and now age they possess. You've had your day, Fanny Lover. So what's it gonna be? We can either come up with a quite creative plan to claim that you raped your girlfriend of six years ago, or you can, as I said. Kill yourself. Well, we didn't do the fourth thing and the second one sounds about, well, you could, what, like, possess different opinions and coexist in a world that encourages critical thought? <laughs> Does this look like 2014? I don't see anybody speaking their fucking minds around here or one club men. So, so what can we do? <clears throat> Diet plan, count macros, four weeks. After that, I want you to attend a nightclub in either Dubai, Marbella, Greece, or a particularly popular staycation spot. We have bars, I'll text you the names. In there, there's women also serving a penance. Just last night, we called around to some 24-year-old who ordered a curry from an Indian restaurant without knowing it was factually on the menu. She's been given bulimia, hair extensions, and promised to never read a physical book again unless it's in the life coaching or cooking genre. We've also given her the option of a septum piercing and a female love of Guinness if she feels the need to change her identity throughout the process. Approach one of these women at a bar. Strike up a conversation over a mutual interest. Maybe Michael Kors. Possibly fixie bikes or a over-exaggerated interest in sea swimming. Of course, you also have falafel. Don't repeat this, but even I think that there's crunchy balls of green hippie shit. Develop a relationship with said female and then we want action. You download Instagram, snap her ass, and then snap your abs. Smile together, go for hikes, ask your cousin can you hold her baby so you can show everybody just how fatherly you can be. Build up a small following of people you probably wouldn't nod at, but who now have an interest in you based on their own insecurity. They wish they could hike, they wish their cocktails had silly little decorations in them too. And then you act. What's that? 
mental health problems, full documentation, body dysmorphia, lack of motivation, anxiety, isolation, all that shit. Maybe even claim a former coach touched your dick and you can't stop blaming yourself. But I would have just told the authorities that. That's irrelevant. You don't make the fucking decisions anymore. You give Instagram and strangers all of this personal information because their valuation of fake sympathy exceeds the need to understand your own mind. Or even question the existence and if so cause of these issues. And you play an active role in this modern authoritarian group think in which we label people with occasional bad moods who are just a bit too happy some Sundays as bipolar and recent widows as depressed as opposed to sad in recovery. So pharmaceutical companies can count cash whilst the suicide rate keeps climbing. What's in it for use? It allows us to keep brainwashing people into thinking we give a shit and want to help each other whilst taking the world's consciousness and money, ignoring every single issue that really matters. You then have to, of course, lecture us on how you overcame this. Thanking exercise, sleep, the grind, avocado, and the woman you're in love with who has no evidence of a heart, just the ass of a Colombian drug heiress, and basically assume you're better than other people. Whilst, of course, being the most delusional fuckbag in the world. I'm starting to shift towards option one. And, of course, there's also the basics, but the what? The basics. Protest attendances, fads, sharing posts on the guise of politics, but really for ass and acceptance. Pretend to care about missing people's when we're working on the minute, but not sure if that will pass. And, of course, hating all white, straight men. My dad's a white, straight man. Is he one of those dads who's willing to join to a daughter's TikTok of ass? Dancing and essentially betraying every single rule of choreography? No. Well, sadly, your dad's a cunt too. You must also have to become a series watcher and overrate the role of sweeties in curing a hangover. While telling us, of course. What about the hair of the dog? We found that hair of the dogs have become quite pointless due to the lack of social opportunities online. Why did you get into this? I was always just one of those guys. I couldn't find passion in anything that life had to offer or any authentic belief or opinion, so it just suited me. Fuck this then. I'm taking option one. Brilliant. One less straight white male. The cliffs are behind you. We're telling everybody you smoke too much weed. These are things that I am quite passionate about, though, in all seriousness. Head lice amongst the youth and intersexuality relations, with the former mainly being interested in you with the official government document you have to fucking bring home when somebody in your class gets it. Big fucking bubble paper lined brown envelope with a red stamp before the witch hunt ensues the next morning. Crowds of judgmental mothers standing outside the school like civilians as the GPO rebels were let out by the Brits. Speculating over which child is the culprit. That's the one there, Trish. Look, you dirty bastard, you... Get out! Get out, you dirtbird! That's all it becomes. Another means of comparison. My kid isn't the dirty one. Yours is. Even though the condition has nothing got to do with hygiene. In fact, they shouldn't even send out the search party letters to each family and just assume it's the kid who plays with bionicles and has an egg sandwich in for lunch. If you are making eggs for any other reason than instant consumption, you should probably go down to Jervis Street and get yourself some ankle weights. Old favourites. Play the hits. It also just makes the experience entirely more uncomfortable when that little tree hugger comes in with a shaved head days later and everybody vilifies him as the one. 
And due to the contagious nature of the condition that is head lies, it can never be done professionally, so he looks like he lives in a fucking concentration camp. And the best part of the whole thing is that the shaved head isn't even an effective treatment for the condition, so it's essentially just tagging. And the reputation takes years to shrug. Years. And by intersexuality relations, my main fascination lies in the atmosphere between heterosexuals and homosexuals of the opposite gender, or as we like to call it now, opposite identification. I believe there's an almost justified arrogance amongst homosexuals when encountering a heterosexual of the opposite sex. Take the classic example of the gay man who was superior in both his articulation and humour to his group of idolising wine-junkie female friends, knowing he gets to enjoy the sexual wilderbeast that is the homo sapien man, without all the complicated emotions that may arise in a heterosexual relationship due to the intensive and ever-fascinating rivalry between oestrogen and testosterone. It allows him to comment on the field, be a shoulder to cry on whilst knowing he's getting the main course of pipe without the desert of tears. And also, of course, he can rest easy in many cases as his subconscious isn't consistently reminding him that he is the physically weaker creature of the two participants. Something we like to pretend isn't a societal factor due to the more stringent attitude we now have towards domestic violence, but a factor that still dominates heterosexual relationships. It's relied on by many pumped-up Neanderthals who put their emotions into weights to make sure that the more emotionally developed and honest female has a limit to her intellectual domination. And we all know the guys. Don't you even think of approaching my feelings. I'm going to build myself a literal suit of armor in the form of pectorials and traps. That's what a lot of weightlifting is. A war suit. Do not enter. It's not always that the exercise or improved diet makes them happier. But it's that as the muscles grow, the suit of armor grows and they feel safer. This is my identity. My body and growth is what I represent. Do not expect any honesty from me, but the odd time when I say that some of my pictures are benefited from lighting. As if it's a big fucking reveal. Hey guys, don't always believe what you see. This is me post-pumping a light. This is me normal. Sometimes a picture doesn't tell the whole... Shut up! As if that is an actual fucking topic. You couldn't care about that. You couldn't. And these are the same fuckers, amongst many other genres of man, that enjoy being the man. The stronger one. I'll protect you, baby. You know that I'll pick you up in a swimming pool and lob you across the water or show you a wrestling move or order the biggest steak on the menu and eat it all because I'm such a hungry boy. Or prove that I could bench you. Babe, I wonder if they do quad bikes in this resort. Yeah, but you went for four massages and a facial on your last holiday with your lad friends. These guys are subtly letting it be known that they are physically stronger, feeling it's a way to stand their ground on these manipulative, vastly more alert women who on many occasions just allowed the dude to go with it. Yes, Ryan, do another backflip into the pool at 30. I'm just trying to plan what week we are having a baby and trying to find your junior search scores to make sure you're not actually dyslexic. Gay men managed to escape this on many occasions, utterly dominating the female race, as they aren't subject to any accusations of sexism, whilst telling them exactly how they feel. Sometimes they go too far and actually try and become better than women at the craft that they perfected. And everybody knows that those male divas, but for every Will Young, there's an Elton John, so it's a small price to pay. A similar dynamic to this, but often less dealt with due to the immense denial and false sense of superiority possessed by men, exists between the heterosexual man and lesbians. 
the gender roles in society make it easier for men to hide their intimidation and therefore they don't feel the need to adopt gay females as friends to keep them in check and often act as spiritual guides. But everyone knows that they have their number. Gay women get to enjoy the ancient Greek canvas that is the female body without having to put on a show. They make us straight white males incredibly uncomfortable. Having what we want without having to betray values or act as some sort of Bruce Willis tribute in order to knuckle down with the sex provider. Because that's what it is. The providing of sex. And something that is provided much less in heterosexual relationships than homosexual. Because it isn't currency in their world. A payment for being a good boy. It's real. Let's get at it. They don't need the protection from their insecurities by taking the form of Triple H and therefore there is no mask that can let slip. A slip that causes the big man to throw a chair across the room and essentially start on his girlfriend in every legal way, thus empowering her more with his big apology the next day, in which he may as well hand over his testicles with a fucking bouquet of flowers. We've all seen it. Two gay women walking hand in hand down the street. Normally one is much more attractive than the other, which leads one to think that the other lady possesses the brains. And the one who has her thinking cap on catches your eye. And much like Borat's fucking sister, she is saying to you, you'll never get this. And if you have the stones for it, your eyes will stare back saying, teach me. But she won't. Why would she? She's aware of your testosterone fuel anger problems and arrogance. She has no reason to fear your threat. You're a mere irrelevance to the lesbian community now. We used to be protected with the notion of reproduction, in which we would bat away our envy of homosexuals, genuinely healthy relationships with the comfort known that they cannot reproduce. But now, with the world quite rightfully realizing that a child can be loved by two parents of the same sex, the safety net is dying. And it's for this reason that the traditional idea of lesbians hating straight men is evaporating, with us becoming a mere irrelevance in their eyes. This power shift is captured quite well in the collapse of Ross Goddard's first marriage in the hit sitcom Friends. So do we go chasing it? Try and create a similar dynamic to our female counterparts. Openly have a notebook and pen out around our lesbian best friend whenever a crisis hits. One would have to think this isn't possible. Homosexual men and women have a bond that dates back through the ages. Both were oppressed by the beer, titties, football, and wings brigade. I can't imagine the lesbians let us in. They will just continue to grow in numbers and live happier lives. And we'll probably end up fucking each other. White straight men riding each other. Fight the power of gay with the new gay. And then develop new forms of discrimination within an all-gay community. Because we would do anything for power based on history. Unless we decide to do what the white male is the master at and bribe them. And equal pay in sport might be a good place to start, but for every Martina Navratilova, there is a Megan Rapono or whatever the fuck her name is. So this is something that we have to carefully consider. And some listeners may be arguing that there's an element of overthinking in these soliloquies, but I, I disagree. I think that we as human beings give far too little thought to things that actually matter and an immense amount of our fucking brain to trivialities. Or in other situations, overcomplicate very obvious and simple issues. For example, we wouldn't have had to wait decades to bring Orr Kelly, Robert Kelly, and, and these fucking names for rappers, by the way, Robert Kelly, Christopher Wallace. Are these rappers or mid noughties Heineken Cup winners? 
but it wouldn't have taken this long for him to go down for sexual crimes if we didn't overthink it and just listen to the geezer when he was telling us what he was doing. In Orr Kelly's quite disgusting 2002 hit Ignition, which I sadly at one point knew the lyrics to and possibly purchased in Golden Discs before deliberately growing my version of a fro having been inspired by Kelly, he essentially tells us exactly who he is. That's why I'm all up in your grill trying to get you to a hotel. I'm no expert on this form of dialogue, but I'm quite sure that getting up in somebody's grill is considered a relatively aggressive act. And what does he mean by trying to get her to the hotel? You're in a bar, Robert. You can't just go around pleading with people to go back to your accommodation. Your shelter. There's people in here trying to relax. Come back with me to my hotel. You want to come back and see my shower? You want to use my toilet? It's all weird stuff, Robert. Particularly if you consider that the man was 35 years of fucking age when he released this track. The immaturity of it. You must be a football coach the way you got me playing the field. Again, not just weird livers, but you're 35. What field? There's people in this establishment trying to discuss the stock market, Robert. He's not just letting us know that he's perverted and sexually obsessed via his lyrics in this song, but also an out-and-out criminal. Now it's like murder she wrote once I get you out them clothes. Once again, not my feel, but I'm pretty sure Murder, She Wrote is a 1980s US-founded crime drama based around murder. Possibly the biggest crime there is. Why would it be like Murder, She Wrote? Or, what are you talking about? Is this like the time you claimed you could fly? Or, why didn't he just hand himself in? But instead he left it to us, civilians, our modern-day human society to fucking flirt with the fucking idea of him being a fucking sex criminal for over 20 years until he eventually is brought to justice. He can't, he can't get those years back. He was free and telling us and making money off telling us. And that's the way human beings work. People accuse you of overthinking things that should be thought about and would solve a lot of the conflicts and problems we have in society, if we did analyze them openly and discuss them in a kind of non-restricted way. But we then overcomplicate things that have absolutely no relevance to our existence. It's like the way we all die and don't know when we're dying. Imagine that that isn't talked about hourly. I've never heard a more outrageous story in my life than the fact that not only do we stop existing and go nowhere and our brain shuts off, but we don't know when it happens. That's the one. That, that's the element of it that means, okay, how can we take this seriously? This should just be a whatever, 70, 80 year long piss take. The only more outrageous story I've ever heard is the fucking myth that the Titanic captain went down with his fucking ship and is considered noble for it. What is noble about going down with a ship it's a commercial fucking product. It has bars on it. It was built by fucking carpenters. Now, what's it got to do with you? You were just staring the bastard. That would be the equivalent of Gail Platt, Sarah and David going down with a fucking motor when Richard Hillman drove them into a fucking lake. Why? Why are you going down with a money-making big fucking dirty cruise, essentially? 
There's no pride in that. Get out of there. And he did get out of there. There's loads of fuckers who claim they saw him in the water. This whole thing that he went down with it, the big dramatic scene where he waits for the windows to crash in. Apparently, due to many witnesses, he was flopping around that fucking thing like Michelle Smith. But honestly, death should be something that you shouldn't be able to go for your morning coffee without talking to the barista about the fact that we all die and don't know when it happens. Nothing else should be relevant, whether... I know that we've used things like religion before to kind of place something above our own existence, but now the fact that that's drowning out, we can't just continue to distract ourselves with technology. Because the fall in religion has led to us quite clearly trying to replace our brains with virtual mechanisms, and we will achieve it. We will eventually put chips in here that gives us a unlimited existence we're clearly running away from the fact that we die and these guys with the proper money don't intend on dying and they can't really come out about that because they can't promise it to everyone so we'd really start upping the ante about the fucking disparity of wealth and how they shouldn't have this money and how it should be split up if they actually tell us true guys we don't intend on dying we're talking about fucking getting out of here to start with even though we're supposed to die in this ball we haven't been here as long as this ball we can't just pop into it and then bail on it go down with the fucking thing do a fucking captain smith from the titanic on the fucking thing but they won't do that so they're also leaving but then they're also developing new medication that makes you live too long and then also you would have to think working on a virtual reality thing we already more or less have it that's why money's becoming so accessible to get that's why people who have no education or haven't really done anything but poured an ipa at 12 o'clock on a friday and done a rally around with a script to chase a few leads are making more money than their their fathers who were getting physically sick from labor ever made in their life there's people who can go on tiktok now and become millionaires by by just dancing and it's not a skill anyone could do it it's just are you willing to make that much of a titty yourself for the money anyone who's listening to this if you do a groove to the tune i'm pretty sure how that website works is people just want to watch you and just go look at this fucking clown but then because the money supports your embarrassing behavior, they kind of start to respect you. And then we change our values. It's real fucked up. We're in a really, really complicated form of hypnosis now, but we're clearly chasing immortality. Um, And that was the replacement for religion. But while that's all going on, and whilst all in a place that no one's been in before, so they used to bow to the fucking sun, they used to fucking let the priests rape their kids, but we don't have guarantees yet. There's a 10, 20, 30-year period coming up where we all kind of are atheists or if you're not at least agnostic you should now be seeking residential care so it should be a 51st aid system right now you should have to wake up in the morning and because people are taking things too seriously um accusing people of offending them if you actually think about where the argument lost with being offended is the fact that you die if you didn't we might be able to give it legs but the fact that we all actually have to lie in a box and our body goes on to continue. The body does exist when you're gone. You don't own the body. You're renting the body. That's how it becomes nothing. That's how it becomes dust. That's how it allows insects to start eating it without defending itself. Your brain is the controller of the body. And once you're gone, the body... So you don't actually own this. We're just going around in rentals. You can't really be offended or engage in conflicts that are kind of over nothing that go on for years on end. Because we do sit in the fucking ground on our own and go nowhere. And that should be on... Take, like, I know we're slowly taking down the images of Jesus on the cross and all that shit, but we're, we shouldn't be putting up the ones of Bezos and Musk just yet, is, which is what social media does. We should just have the constant message that we are dying. And it should be a 51st date system in which we wake up every morning and watch a fucking video that informs us 
of our reality. And I'm, of course, referencing that absolutely horrendous and quite disturbing film with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in which he decides to fall in love with a woman who thinks it's her dad's birthday every fucking day. Around 50% of the film is taken up by her brother's steroid addiction, which I don't understand. I don't understand the relevance of the fact that the brothers are roid. No one, it's, a, it's a shocking movie, so I, I do hope you forgive the reference. But what happens is Drew Barrymore wakes up every single morning and she has to remember again via a video that's shown to her by a rapist. Let's not dress it up. Adam Sandler in that film, he, he's playing a guy who's raping someone who doesn't know who he is every day. And she has to wake up and just believe this video and then walk out to the deck and have a brew with the stranger, and I presume some of the days, depending on how much he charms her and how much she falls for, again, Adam Sandler telling her that she loves him. Shag him. Really disturbing film, but that's what it should be. That's, that's how much we should be focusing on the fact. Every time you meet a buddy, don't ask him a question about anything until you've referenced the whole... How weird is we don't know when we're dying? Yeah, mental. We don't know when we're dying. Bang. Can happen. And then let's get into the fucking Premier League. Then let's get into every single other issue that's on it. Because it would also allow us to realize that we're so much more powerful than a lot of the mental disorders that begin to consume homo sapien existence. If you just had a base, a defensive midfielder of N'Golo Kante, passing short balls around that constantly reminded you we don't know when we're gone. It would really be relieving. Surely you'd be going, hey, that's, that's deadly. So you have an issue with someone. Don't know when they're dying, don't know when I'm dying. It, it's, it's all redundant. It, you can't justify overly caring about things to the point of it affecting your mental state if that's a philosophy you go by. Not just that we're dying thing, because that could send you a bit down, but we don't know when, and I know I'm banging on about it. It's fucking vital. Nothing matters, which inversely can make everything matter. And that's the beauty of it. So if Trump becomes president again, or Anthony Joshua gets a rematch that he quite clearly doesn't deserve, I mean, Anthony Joshua isn't a top boxer. Anthony Joshua is just the most marketable boxer in decades. And he is allowed to get the shite knocked out of him by Ruiz and then beat him on points, but we don't see a trilogy. Why? He then fights a few nobodies and then loses to Usyk, and the first thing we're hearing about is a rematch, when in reality, life should just have Usyk against the winner of Fury and Wilder, Joshua against the loser, semi-final system. And then we see the two big guys go at it after that, but no, we have to actually put Anthony Joshua, because of money and because of marketing and his commercial viability, on a path when other boxers like big fat Snickers eating Ruiz aren't entitled to it, or Usyk, probably because he's from somewhere in and around the Soviet bloc. People who we just cannot seem to include in our allotting of greatness. And people are still thinking about fucking Khrushchev when they think about him. But all those injustices, like the things I mentioned there about Joshua getting that rematch and all, once you know we all die anyway and we don't know when it is and it doesn't really grant it's annoying go on about it point it out when you see it but we wouldn't 
really be able to put up with these injustices if we didn't have that subconsciously in our mind anyway. It is there. Think about the shit we turn a blind eye to. We all know these things are problems, yet we still get on with our lives. So if it's still resting around in the subconscious, you then can't pick and choose what you're going to take seriously because that's just acting. That's just lying. Once you're allowing everything else to be so fucked up and weird, why don't you just be honest about it? And stop pointing the finger at other human beings. It's the route to actual enjoyment. But some people can't hack it. And people who who take pride in witch hunting or making up lies, it, they're just, they just really seem, they just don't seem to be able to cope with the fact that they're dying. One thing that has proved that it also isn't immortal in recent weeks is Manchester United Football Club. And there's a lot of listeners who get onto the Michael Anthony show consistently demanding opinions about things that are going on. And, and to these listeners, I, I, I do have to kind of say, at this point, what do you want me to say that hasn't been said before? The football club is a joke. Richard Arnold is replacing Ed Woodward. We bought back a 36-year-old Ronaldo who we know, who we know really can't benefit us in a quest for trophies one of the greatest players of all time might have him fifth or sixth possibly the whole him v messy conversation is for people who refuse to admit they're dying um he's come to the club he's going to slow down greenwood uh he's going to accidentally cause the underperformance of other players just because they care too much what he thinks by the way i'm not blaming ronaldo for this somebody who's given as much to the game as he has given, should be able to tell you when the fuck he's retiring. But the whole, it's the comeback of Cristiano Ronaldo. If it happens 12 years after, and he's in this kind of nick in terms of mobility, he's still going to get goals. Of course he is. He's memorized positions. He he knows how to lose a defender. He's done it so many times. That's muscle memory. But he's we all know he's not affecting the game to an extent that, actu- that actually constitutes the return of Ronaldo. That is a marketing buy. That is us buying somebody who has the most followers on Instagram because that's what we value. Juan Mata makes more money than Saudio Mane. Juan Mata hasn't started for United since the 2015-16 season. Your one Emma Raducanu, whatever the fuck her name is, just won the US Open, was 13 the last time Juan Mata started for United. The reason he's still at United isn't just because he probably doesn't want to leave because he won't get that wage somewhere else, because he has enough of a reputation that he probably could get it in some obscure country. It's because he's behind that 1% fucking movement and has 7 point something million followers on Twitter, more than Mbappe, over double Harry Kane's. That's where his value is for Manchester United Football Club. Anybody who thinks... The whole Ole in, Ole out thing, the reason it's not a debate is because United themselves don't think that Solskjaer is the man to win trophies. The, we, we, we sometimes get lost in the debate. That's what a, a lot of guys who who claim that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should be given time and is the man to take the club forward and have some romantic idea that he represents Manchester United and knows the club but don't seem to understand. The guys running the club know that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't going to have Manchester United competitive because it's impossible. It's impossible. We have given him more backing than we've given any other manager. He has a 50% Premier League win ratio. Even Louis van Gaal, who, by the way, at some stages in his United career had Paddy McNair and Tyler Black in the team, has a 51% win ratio in the Premier League and an FA Cup. Uh, Mourinho at 54 with a League Cup. 
Europa League and FA Cup final and qualifying from the Champions League group on both occasions is, is doesn't even need to be brought up because anybody who's claiming that Mourinho job is at all worse or even comparable to Solskjaer's Manchester United job is just lying. Uh, he was given a squad that had people on contracts that were pretty immovable. This whole thing that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gets the credit for cleaning it. Do, do you think Solskjaer is the lawyer? Do you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer arranges the contracts? It's timing. There's a lot of luck in that. Mourinho came in to a much worse squad. And when he came in and saw what was going on at Manchester United, he he couldn't really do anything bar what he did. And that is drop someone like Paul Pogba in key games like the Sevilla game, which was one of the biggest games of Mourinho's tenure, as a message, really. Obviously, he would have rather have Pogba in that team, especially with who replaced him. But his message was, I refuse at this club, because this was the job I wanted for years. This is the job that I coveted. This is the team that I said were better than us when I went out with Real Madrid in 2013. This is the team that I rang my agent in a state of panic from my hotel room when I found out they were getting Moyes in. This is Manchester United. I didn't think this was in the script. I thought this was about football. I didn't think this was about commercialism. So we dropped Paul Pogba, the symbol of that. You have a lot of guys who think Ole's okay to have as the manager who also still are taking a conversation like Paul Pogba seriously. That guy has been at Manchester United for his peak years. He arrived in the summer of 2016 for a world record fee. What about his Manchester United career is better than Nicky Butts? In terms of consistency, yes. The odd time he brings a ball down from 20 feet and beats two. It looks great. Go play futsal. Right. Go be an instructor at Samba Soccer. What is more effective? So the whole thing of should Solskjaer be there, should he not, that shouldn't actually be the debate. The whole thing that we should be trying to do with people who are so ill-informed that they believe that it's even about Solskjaer is trying to really wake them up to the real issue. He's a puppet. All of the signings we make are commercial. Not one signing is made with the actual want to bring a trophy to Old Trafford. Hence, we still have the same midfield that we had last season whilst adding Jadon Sancho and Ronaldo to the squad whilst already having Cavani, another fossil up front. Now, I don't mind Cavani, but once you have Cavani, you don't add another fossil to it. You also don't add Sancho, especially if you're giving Anthony Martial 250 grand a week. Anthony Martial signed his new contract in, I think, January 2019. He costs 1.5 million quid per league goal since he's got that new contract. Sergio Mane, I think, signed his in November 18. He comes in, I think, at just over 300 grand per league goal. That's the differences we're talking about here. We're talking about five times more per league goal. Ruben Diaz was making half of Harry Maguire. And now he's just got bumped up, proving he's possibly the second best centre half in the world. Not Harry Maguire, who cannot defend and makes a mistake nearly every time he gets the ball, unless he fucking panic gets rid of it. He's still not on as much money as Harry Maguire. So the same thing as well of people say, oh, they can't attract big players, look at us now. He's not attracting them. We're giving them money that they couldn't even dream of getting elsewhere. How does Sancho get the money he gets? What's he done? He's had two pretty good seasons in the German league. And we like to delude ourselves that we win players over other clubs. 
that they chose us. I'm pretty sure they sit down with their agent and Manchester United push the check in front of them and they don't really have a choice. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer cannot win a trophy this season. Um, the poor chap is so delusional that he's kind of pretending that the League Cup exit was due to the fact that he was taking chances with youth, even though we just lost the game because we were outwitted by a team that were better tactically that probably should have beaten us the weekend before if it wasn't for David De Gea um, showing up and proving he's a goalkeeper again, which was always going to happen once you put Dean Henderson in goal wearing a fucking cap. And I'm delighted for David De Gea, one of the fucking shining lights of the whole Manchester United situation. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't actually really... He's an illusion. It's not real. He's just a representative of the fact that Manchester United don't want to compete anywhere. But in the commercial social media market, we have quotes from Ed Woodward in which he, I think he might use the word content and engagement. Don't entertain yourselves with that debate and just stay obsessively critical of the board and maybe do continue to get games cancelled by pitch invasions because it's a waste of time. What are we talking about? No other fan in the world of any other team fears Manchester United as long as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is there. And it doesn't matter if you sign Messi. It doesn't matter who comes. The guy managed Cardiff and Molda before he got the United job. If he was to win the Premier League, he'd be the first ever to do something like this with that previous managerial career. We've just changed our standards because we like to believe that you get a Man United man back and that fixes the issues. Because if we go with the owners, we kind of realise we're in serious trouble until something's sold and they probably won't sell it because it's filling their pockets too much. So unfortunately, it's a refusal to accept the reality if you're back in Solskjaer. Tuchel, Guardiola, Klopp, Solskjaer, what are you talking about? We've lost to young boys Gone out of the League Cup, the only winnable trophy. From a guy who needs a trophy more than any Manchester United manager I've fucking witnessed. We're not in a title race. Our next eight fixtures are shocking. We've just had the easy run and we still have a loss at home and a draw away. And also very two other very fortunate wins away. I don't think we'll win the FA Cup unless we get a very nice draw, but I don't think we will. And you question what's the benefit of it anyway if we won a draw-orientated FA Cup. But the minute we meet a serious team, we'll go out of that. We're fucked in Europe. And the league, we're doing well to get top four. So what are you, what are you talking about? So the fact that we can't change the board things we've no control... And we all recognize that now. Maybe then join us and realize, let's just try analyze the situation we do have control over. And that's the fact that just get someone better on the sideline. At least get somebody who can manage the sports team with the highest wages in the world. And try get them to play something that resembles consistent football and try have some kind of... We don't even... What are his tactics? There is none. We can try reference counter attacking and all this stuff. Come on, none of it's consistent. Every single time Manchester United go out to play, you're not expecting them to win. We never do get proper wins under Solskjaer anyway. You get the odd hiding against a team who's in serious trouble or a team that tries to come back when they go 2-1 down after 70 minutes and we add another 2 to it. Or else we kind of get those beneficial rubs of the green and other games. We never... It's never 
Manchester United should have been more. That old school, old Trafford result, and that won't be happening with a guy because he do, he just doesn't have the ability to do it. It's a it's a wild accusation, by the way, to suggest he can do it. I don't know any other industry in which you'd get a guy who's managed Molda. I mean, that's not that's not even real, and Cardiff very unsuccessfully, and then given the Manchester, what are you what are you talking about? It's like allowing someone to do a heart transplant who's without a medical degree. It's sad to see us create this argument over an issue that doesn't exist because we're refusing to acknowledge how sad what the ownership structure at Manchester United is doing. But I do think it's the only option we have. Because at least while they're slowly ruining the game, you got to realise that other clubs' owners are doing the same fucking thing. We saw that with the attempt to break away and go into the Super League. So can we at least try get some of the trophies that the other clubs are getting while this is going on? Or else just bow out and go and watch FC. But Jesus Christ, don't claim that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can manage Manchester United. What are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. We play Everton next weekend. Same situation last season. Last season, if he'd lost to Everton or didn't win, it looked like he might have to get sacked. And you could argue it's the same situation now. Liverpool fans hope we beat them. Man City fans hope we beat them because they're not threatened. They want the show to go on. They want Solskjaer to pull it out and Fernandez to do the fucking headphone celebration thing or whatever the fuck that is. Like there's something about Mary's brother. But... Whilst this is going on, and maybe some regulation comes in and saves the game, or maybe maybe fans do revolt to an extent that we can get the game back, but whilst it's going on, and whilst we're in this grey area, let's just get a Conte or someone in who we know can make these players win fucking trophies. Because he evidently has an unlimited salary budget and a a pretty lawless transfer budget. Come on. Stop the Solskjaer in, Solskjaer out. There's no... It's not even Solskjaer out necessarily. It's not even like a get him out, get him. It's just, can we just get real here? When he first came, this would have been like a joke. A joke that he was the manager, really. When he first sat in and did that first interview after Mourinho left, we were all kind of thinking, oh, this is a funny little... This is a funny little homage to the glory days. I wonder who we're really getting in. And then he obviously had the good run when he had the job at an interim level. But since then, he's been unbelievably bad. Unbelievably bad. There's, There's... He doesn't have the results. Even even if he did overachieve results-wise to an extent without trophies, but was properly competitive. And we got to like a Champions League semi-final last season or something, or been an FA Cup final. You'd say, Jesus, you, maybe this guy this guy probably isn't qualified. But with the fact that he's not getting the result, ju- you're just lying. You'd have to be. And I don't, there's no, I don't want to be aggressive about it. That's why I'm kind of taking this tone. Because, you, you know... You're lying if you think Solskjaer should be the United match. Come on. We have a lot of interesting guests coming up. And do write the show. Because as I said, there's something missing within me that quite clearly needs it. Thanks for tuning in. MA Show. It's been how many years, my oh, boy? Audio books, David. You still don't know my chairs of joy. No need to go, just take it slow. Podcast.
Have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine. What's it Makes me see the light. What about those tears? Believe my eyes. How's it make a feel? Makes me feel alright. 